G'day and welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson, CEO here at NextGen Agri. I've worked in livestock research, farming and breeding for over 25 years. I've been very fortunate to see a lot of amazing places and meet a lot of wonderful people throughout that career. I'm reminded every day of just how awesome the livestock industry really is. It really is a great pleasure to bring you the stories and wisdom of people in the industry via the Head Shepherd Podcast. This podcast is supported by our good friends at Allflex and MSD Animal Health, who are guided by the one mission of the science of healthy and productive animals. With these two companies now combined, they have one of the widest product portfolios in Australasia with a comprehensive lineup from the Cooper's range of animal health products through to the ID and monitoring solutions that, that Allflex are famous for. Their products are all backed up by their exceptional service, and we're thrilled to continue to have their support in bringing you this podcast each week. Well, we've made it to Season 7. Amazing to have come this far. If I could ask a couple of small favours before we get underway this week, if you could rate this podcast in the app that you're listening to it in, that would be fantastic. Also, if you know someone that you think would enjoy what we do here, please share the show links with them. Finally, if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of Livestock Farm. We're setting up the Next Gen Agri Hub to be the home of livestock farming conversations. Check it out at thehub.nextgenagri.com. Okay, it's time for this week's guest. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. We've uh, we've got the biggest challenge yet. I think we've got three guests on this on this episode, which is which is pretty cool and a pretty exciting product. We're going to welcome uh, Siobhan O'Malley, Paul Ensor, and Harriet Bell. Welcome all. Thanks for having us. Good day, Fig. So well, we might start with you, Paul, because I'm most familiar with you. So last time I was talking to you, you're a merino farmer, but now you're a, you're into the garment business and combining two of the most fashionable fibres getting out there at the moment with hemp and merino. Yeah, look, Siobhan came to me with the idea for back in 2018. Said, did I know of anyone that was combining the two fibres? And it wasn't something I'd come across, so I did a wee bit of research for her. And, um, yeah, next thing you know, we're uh, joining together as co-founders and trying to trying to work out a way of getting them to combine and, and, and into a yarn that can be knitted into a fabric. Yeah, cool. So we might just go through each sort of, I guess, bit of background. So, Paul, I know yours, you're up Mackay Gorge uh, sheep farming. We might just get a bit of your background and story and then we'll do the same with Siobhan and, and Harriet. Yeah, okay. I came back to a family farm in 2004 um, and took over from my parents. We're a bit over a 1,000 hectares running sort of 7,500 stock units. And I took over an ultra-fine ewe flock, but we're transitioning to a pole flock currently with a high fertility genes and... Got a number of community engagements, also sit on the New Zealand Marina Company board, and yeah, been on been involved with Hemperino for three years now. Yeah, cool. Siobhan, if we could grab your story as well. You're in the, on the West Coast wearing lots of hats, secondary school teacher and, uh, and a dairy farmer and a bit of Hemperino on the side. Well, that, that's the main uh, the main ones. And well, Shemuk at the moment, we've actually just bought our first dairy farm. So moving on to that 1st of June, which is pretty exciting, and as well as, yep, full-time off-farm job. As a secondary school teacher and very full on side hustle here with the Imperino trying to get this off the ground. And also I'm a co-founder of the charity Meet the Need where farmers donate livestock and we turn it into mints delivered to food banks around New Zealand. Cool. We might talk a little bit about that one. That's a very cool charity. So you've got heaps of spare time by the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, loads. So many hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Harriet, so you're a long background in farmlands and then with Come off maternity leave and jump into Hamperino. Yeah, absolutely. So I came from a sheep and beef background in the Wairarapa um, out near Castle Point. And, uh, my husband and I own a block at Stavely, just near Mount Hutt. 
And yeah, I was looking for a challenge while on maternity leave from my role at Farmlands and the opportunity came up to join Paul and Siobhan on Hemperino, which was really exciting. Yeah, cool. So maybe we talk about, I don't know who ever wants to answer these questions, but so Hemperino is obviously Merino matched with hemp. Is it 50-50 or how does, how does that work? Yeah, so at the moment, Ferg, we're through our R&D phase, which started, Siobhan and I went on a trip to China, and Siobhan might, might like to tell you about that, but at the moment we've, we've settled on an 80-20 mix, or 80% Merino, but we've been through a number of iterations to get to where we have and different blends of quality of hemp and things. But I'll, I'll let Siobhan tell you about our trip to China and, and what we learned whilst we're over there. We actually got some funding from Agmart to do some R&D, which was phenomenal. And it meant that Paul and I could go to Shanghai in 2019, which turned out to be good timing. And so we went over and visited two of the largest wool spinners in the world and talked to them about our concept and managed to kind of make some make some ground there, make some contact and understand, you know, a lot more about the process of spinning the, the two fibres together and the challenges. And from there we could do some R&D Overseas, we actually made some sample yarn out of Italy. But what with COVID and everything, honestly, it was just taking so long to get anything done. There's a lot of disruption in the world during that period. And in the end, we've actually brought all our current R&D and our current manufacturing is all done in New Zealand. Cool. So I guess there's, I don't know, there's 40, 50 years of, um, of growers decided they're going to start to produce their own garments. This is obviously different. What have been, there must have been some, some ups and some downs over the last, last few years. Yeah, absolutely. It, it turned out to be a really challenging thing to do. And I guess I had, had no concept of that when I first rang Paul and said, hey, can we blend hemp and merino? Would that work? We were looking just at macro trends around hemp as a product, as a food product, as a, as a beauty product, as a cosmetic product. And I thought, well, you know, it's also a great fibre product. Can we blend that with merino? And, and, but yeah, very challenging at times and just delays and difficulties and obviously a very expensive process to iterate we don't have a little you know home-based wool spin that we can just give it a go it has to be a pretty big investment each time we, we iterate and try and work it out but um yeah paul's very good technical knowledge has helped make that move a bit faster very cool so i don't know a lot about hemp what's <laughs> i know that everyone's talking about it but i don't know i don't know much about its uh properties i would make it make it so fantastic but it's is it high really high sort of water use efficiency and as a plant, it's got a lot of lot of opportunity. Yeah, so Fergus requires very low input. So once it's established, it, it grows obviously like a weed, literally. So yeah, that's one of the real benefits. So it's got a really good root structure, so it helps aerate soil and things. For in a crop rotation, it's quite valuable. And I think what everyone sort of confuses us the hemp with is the hemp fibres a, a different cultivar, if you like. So the 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 oil and seed. Um, plant is different to the hemp one um so yeah it's a more of a specifically grown for, for fiber how does it like has it got a has it got a micron range like is it same as same as we think of our cottons and and wool or is it has it work yeah so one of the challenges for us has been around getting good quality hemp so matching the right length of hemp to the merino fiber um but also yeah good question on the on the microns so we've been trialing hemp fibre with the micron range of anything from 18 to sort of 15, 16 microns. So it's quite compatible in that regard. But most of the fibre is quite short, so we've ended up using some open top from the Merino to blend it with, so in that 40 to 50 mils. Yeah, right. One of the challenges around the the processing of hemp is to get rid of all the vegetable matter out of the fibre. And so quite often we've been getting samples of hemp from China um, at, the, at this stage and 
and then when we're getting larger amounts to produce the yarn, it hasn't quite matched the quality. So we've had some challenges around that, but we've sort of turned that into making lemon lemonade out of lemons and talk about how that when you when you get a little bits of uh, visual matter within your, your garment, it's showing that real connection back to nature, I guess. <laughs> Perfect. It does sound sound a bit funny getting vegetable matter out of out of vegetable matter, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's sort of part of our messaging is a bit been a bit challenging around that because you know you talked about vegetable matter and they're thinking, well, is there a bit of broccoli in here or something? But it's more about, <laughs> um, I guess, saying it's not vegetable matter but raw hemp fibre or, or fibre that hasn't been processed completely. I guess. Yeah, I know. It's probably good to point out as well that um, hemp fibre plants can be as coarse as what you might use for insulation or packaging, right through to the really fine sort of size for apparel quality. So each plant will have a range of all of those fibres and they have to be separated out during processing. Yeah, right. And so is it the stem or the leaves or everything that gets processed? Uh, yes, so it's the stem. It's the internal part of the stem. That's right, you all know. Yeah, cool. So so you're doing a catalogs together and thought we've got three or four years and, and some spare cash. We might see if we can send ourselves crazy. Yeah, that's exactly the process we went through. Yeah, yeah. Why, why not really be? Let's start something really frustrating and time-consuming, and it's going to take yep. a long time. No, not at all. No, look, it was just a, it was a great group, and our catalog was a great experience. And a lot of it was concentrated on macro trends around the world and just big ideas, and it was really cool that way. And just you know, all all of the group was really talented and really switched on, and so it was more a case that when I had this idea, I, I rang up Paul because he's obviously a merino specialist. He knows his stuff. So, you know, wasn't sure if he would jump on board with me or not, but he did and was very lucky to do that, have that happen. And and then when we were kind of stalled a little bit and Harriet had some time, you know, why not go back to that pool of talent from our awesome group? And, um, and Harriet was able to come on board and really, really genuinely move the needle in the last 12 months. So, uh, no, it's just, I don't know, something special in that, in that group that everyone just had the talent and, could see the the big idea and get on board with it. Yeah, cool. Harry, we might bring you into the conversation. So you're obviously you're a recent addition, but been there for the whole logs by the sound of it since its coloured days. What's uh, what have you been doing to make these make it go quicker? Yeah, so I guess as we came through the R and D stage, we realised uh, we had something pretty special. So when I came onto the team, I guess my challenge was going right. How do we take that, uh, build a brand around it and make sure we've got clear messaging around why hemp and merino is, is so awesome? So a big part of my role has been around, I guess, the marketing piece, but also driving the rest of the R&D through the supply chain and, and making sure we've got it all lined up from our, our spinning, knitting, embroidery, etc., and then right through to things like our websites and social media and stuff like that, so... It's been a it's been a fun part of the journey. I was uh, lucky, I guess, to miss some of the early stages where the, the trial and error happened, and and joined for the the exciting part of launching the product and, and really seeing it fly. I don't like to be a pessimist, but I'm sure there's some challenges coming, so you'll you'll, you'll get to witness them. No doubt, product development is is ongoing challenges, and and because we strive to create really high quality products, I guess we just continue to iterate until we get it to the, the level that we're happy with. Yeah, no, it looks pretty cool. And so it's been on my social media feed for a few weeks, months anyway. How long have we how long since since we hit launch? It's less than a month since we launched. I'm very pleased to hear it's been on your social media feed. That means we're doing our job. I actually had no idea that Paul was involved in it until it got turned up on my social media feed. So that's because I live under a rock maybe, but 
or it's been top secret, one of the two? Oh, I, forgot. I like to fly under the radar a wee bit at times, so yeah. yeah. We wanted to make sure we had things right before we started talking about it, but certainly that's it's an interesting thing you talk about there, um, not knowing about it. We, we certainly found in the early days that we tried to keep things under wraps, but we found we lot, made a lot more progress the more people we talk to about it and someone would say, oh, why don't you give this person a ring or something like that. So it's been a bit quite a learning as we've gone along that, that you know, the more people we talk to, the certainly people are out there to help and want to help. So it's been quite valuable in that regard. I reckon that's one of the tougher things in innovation is learning that you actually have to tell everyone about what you're up to because otherwise you're just bashing your head against the wall or trying to be... Google can only tell you so much, unfortunately. And that's a good point, finding those individual people that can just answer that question that's been the bottleneck and then away you go again so yeah no, it's a tough thing to say well because you think it's you've got this great idea that no one else will ever think of and if you tell them that they'll compete but at the end of the day if you're two or three years into the journey it's pretty hard to compete with you anyway yeah i mean one of our sort of leading things was to be first to market and um we've we've certainly achieved that now but as harriet alluded to keep getting better and, and then add to our product range as we go so Plenty, plenty to work on, and, and I'm sure, as you say, plenty of challenges in the pipeline for us ahead. And getting, getting good channels to market and getting the word out there, probably more than just social media, as we're learning. <laughs> well, hopefully, it's a zero to a billion dollar company like Goldbirds in a couple of years. That'd be quite good. That'd be all right. <laughs> so we've released a sort of jersey straight up. That's the one product, or is there a few products or? Yeah, so we've launched the, the Hemperino Pioneer Crew. It's an all-gender garment, which means it's perfect for both men and women. And I guess our, our goal was to launch a product into the market, get as much feedback and, and learn as much as we can um, while having more garments in the pipeline, which is really exciting, and, and obviously different colourways and things like that as well. So that's available on our website now. Cool, so it's all direct over the website at the moment? Yep, hemperino.co.nz. Right, we'll put that in the show notes as well and try and sell a few. That'll be good. The um, What is the challenge? Is it challenging getting the yarn right and then there's the next challenge of product? Or is the yarn pretty well locked away now you move into product? How does that all work without getting into any trade secrets? Yeah, an ongoing challenge has firstly been the yarn. We've sort of, I think we're in our third or fourth iteration of yarns. Just to go and try and get that nice, even, strong yarn has been a challenge. Matching the hemp with the wool has been a real challenge, quality-wise. And then moving through to knitting, uh, making sure you we've learned a few lessons about making the right yarn for the right type of machines and things. So you can make a make a good yarn that that goes through a whole garment machine. You'll save yourself a lot of money in, in production. So there's been a few lessons learned there as well. And I guess that's all about linking those your supply chain together and make sure you you're sort of lining things up. It's all very well having this idea, but it's what you're going to make. So what we weren't too focused on what we were going to make at the start. We just wanted to see if it was possible. And so linking that through, getting a good yarn and then thinking, right, what can we make this into once we've got to that point? Yeah, cool. So so there's a circular knitting here in New Zealand. Is that, the, is that how it's produced at the moment? Or? Yes, so at this stage, it's been a lot, lot simpler for us to work with in New Zealand. So yes, uh, yarn made in Wellington and then um, our knitting has been done up in Auckland. Yeah, cool. I guess all of your work across New Zealand ag and, and now into New Zealand producing a New Zealand made product for the world, hopefully. How are we placed in New Zealand? Are we are we feeling confident in, in ag or are we concerned about the future? Hey everyone, my name is Catalina. I'm a two time cancer survivor and a babe with a mobility aid. 
My name is Haley. I'm a PA with POTS and a water allergy. We are the hosts of the Doing It Disabled podcast. Haley and I are on a mission to create an honest dialogue about living with disability and chronic illness. We would like to open up our corner of the internet to both learn and teach about the lived experiences of the disabled community. Join us as we navigate this world that was not created with us in mind and watch how we do it disabled. Head on over to Spotify and check us out. Well, I I, um, I just bought a farm, so I guess I'm feeling pretty confident about New Zealand Ag. If I wasn't, that would have cool. been a really dubious decision. And, um, yeah, and I, I love the, the added value piece of, of Hemprino, and I think lots of lots more farmers could get involved in producing products and, as you say, sharing them with the world. Yeah, cool. And Paul and Harry, you're both feeling confident, obviously. You've been doing this for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all three of us are really passionate about New Zealand agriculture and food and fibre. So as Siobhan said, it's about how do we take our products to the world and in a value add capacity and, and keep um, driving returns back for our, our farmers on the ground. So it's an exciting time. We've got to look at challenges as opportunities rather than roadblocks. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't have said it better. And I think been involved in a bit of innovation in New Zealand and, well, in Australia first and in New Zealand. But I guess what I've found is is the landscape here is a lot healthier for innovation and the support you mentioned Agmart which have been supporters of ours as well and through Callahan and and others there's yeah I think we are well placed in in New Zealand to to do amazing things so it's great to see you three out there doing it yeah I, I don't know how you felt the journey but yeah for me personally it's it's been a great it's a great place to innovate because there's so much support and so many people will get behind you yeah, and I think I think Kiwis have a culture of innovation too, right? Like Kiwis are always looking for a good, better way to do something, and and so it's sort of a little bit in the in the culture anyway. And as you say, yeah, there's some good support out there. What is the? I'm bouncing between details and high level, but um, I am generally intrigued. Um, I, mean, I know what merino wool does, so it's fire retardant, it's breathes, it's um, the most amazing fibre I think on the on the planet. Wearing. Two, uh, two layers of it right at the moment. Been out in the kayak all day well, in the afternoon in the water with Merino on and, yeah, just amazing product to stay warm. And what does, does hemp bring anything to the table other than being a really sustainable fibre or does it bring its own attributes? This is a Harriet question for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, as we talked about before, so hemp's an environmental superfiber so it requires very little inputs to grow and it, and it grows fast so it's great for crop rotation it's really durable which means that it just continues to to strengthen a product when, when we mix it with merino and it just continues to get softer with time so it means that the garment that you start with is you know our garments are soft to start with but they just continue to get softer which is something really neat that we've found through the R&D phase and it aligns with a lot of Merino's awesome attributes as well. So it's UV resistant, antimicrobial, antibacterial, etc. Yeah, cool. So we can grow it. So saying we're saying low inputs. What sort of rainfall we need to grow hemp? Or are we irrigating or how do we grow this stuff? Well, it depends where you are. I guess we have, uh, look, well, from what we've looked into it, hemp can grow in a really wide range of conditions. It does require some water, but whether that's under irrigation in Canterbury or over here on the West Coast, like it's, you know, there's, there's flexibility there. But I think we moved our focus away from the, the growing side of it because we thought, well, we could talk to a bunch of farmers and get excited about growing hemp, but there's no market for hemp fibre, you know, 
where are we going to be? So for us, it was about, okay, let's go build the brand. Let's build the, the purchaser of this hemp fiber and let's just work with industry as we as we're growing to backfill and to get a New Zealand hemp fiber industry up and going because right now there isn't one there's hemp as a food product grown in New Zealand uh, and so we were working with you know keeping an eye on a couple of groups that are working through that at the moment and and we're very much supporting them because we want to be their customer we want to be able to tell a, a end-to-end New Zealand story yeah cool are we far away from New Zealand grown hemp as in fiber uh, I guess we could grow it any time. The piece that we're looking at uh, really needing is the processing piece. So the part where we take that stalk we were talking about earlier and separate it out into all the different fibres and, and for the various uses. And so there's a, a group, particularly in Canterbury, looking at doing that at the moment, which is Carfields. Um, and they've been working on that for a couple of years now um, and to do it that at scale. So um, I would say they're close from what we can tell. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be first in line at the door to buy their apparel quality hemp fiber when they can do it yeah cool and it must be i mean it's a it's an ancient fiber as well isn't it like it's not like first of the civilization to have a crack at it no absolutely not it's a heritage fiber it was it was used for ships riggings and things you know christopher columbus when he was sailing to the americas had had hemp clothing and hemp ropes on his boat uh, it just sort of i guess fell out of favor around the time it, during the period it was out of favour, Merino grew in popularity and was really valued. So they're just two heritage fibres that haven't quite met yet. That's how we usually think about it. Yeah, cool. As, um, I'm just, well, I was going to say reading, but I read the first, <laughs> for the introduction so far. My mother-in-law gave me a book about the, uh, the history of sheep, basically, and all the civilisations that sheep have dawning over the time, how, how many civilisations they've set up, and, and hemp's probably also the same. But it is phenomenal, I think, the old humble sheep, how hundred or tens of if not hundreds of thousands of years have, have set up civilizations and we and continue to do so which is pretty cool yeah no it's certainly i guess that yeah it's that whole heritage thing you know the rainbow wall's been around for a long time and the hemp's been around for a long time and it's i guess to use a genetic term ferg it's bringing a bit of hybrid vigor of the two together kind of what we're hoping for in this process and uh, so, yeah, bring the best attributes of both and, and they've got a lot of attributes that are similar. So um, hopefully they'll amplify when they blend it together and, and give us a really good product. So we're, we're doing a lot of product testing as we go. There's still a few unknowns, but um, early wearers have been really enjoying the products, which, is, which has been great feedback. Yeah, right. Cool. So um, presumably you'll mail them to anywhere in the world if we've got it, I don't know, 15% of our listeners are in Europe and most of them are in Australia and we've got 30% in New Zealand, I think. So that'll be happy to shove them in a post back and send them wherever they end up. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's it's been awesome to hear that story, and uh, look forward to to seeing it continue to grow and and yeah, really shift the dial. Hopefully, as three great people with passion, it's um it's bound to go well. And uh, yeah, no, it's awesome to learn a bit about hemp. I'm sure our, our listeners are sick of me talking about genetics all the time. Well, where the world's set up at the moment is we're sort of going back to, to heritage, obviously, but with a lot more innovation, a lot more technology and a lot more, I guess, now than we had 60, 70, 100 years ago or whatever. So I think, yeah, there's great things to come from fibre. It's one of my great passions is producing or helping people to produce great fibres and it's cool to hear Marina getting another another opportunity to, to be part of a really cool garment. Yeah, we think so too, Ferg, and I, I guess we kind of felt that the apparel industry had lost its way a bit and you keep seeing synthetic fibres blended with merino and we we just couldn't quite get why when there's certainly other uh, natural fibres and blend with friends sort of scenario that could be applied to the merino. So um, this is where I think Siobhan's idea is a bit of a winner. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, no, thanks very much for your time. Um, 
taking everybody a Sunday evening away. And yeah, it's been great to hear the story. And we'll put definitely put the website in the show notes if people want to get in touch. So can find you all on LinkedIn or somewhere, no doubt. Yep, all of us. Are. Yeah, cool, excellent. No worries. Well, thanks very much for your time, and look forward to uh, look forward to hearing how it goes. Thanks for having us. Great to chat. Thanks, Hugh. Thanks for listening to the Ed Shepherd Podcast. If you enjoy listening in each week, please take a moment to subscribe or even give us a review. That would be fantastic. And if you do get a moment to share it with your networks, we'd also love that so that we can share these great stories with more people. Thanks again to our friends at Allflex for sponsoring this episode. Allflex are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries. Combined now with MSD Animal Health, they offer one of New Zealand and Australia's largest livestock product portfolios focused on animal health and management all backed up by that exceptional service. We really do enjoy our long-term association with Orflex and thank them very much for, for again supporting us with bringing this podcast to you.